It's Wednesday, December 2nd, 2020. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable brought to you tonight by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, and Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesko. Hey, Chet, I know you're there somewhere. The Eagles have their backs against the wall with uh, five games left after an awful Monday night football loss to the Seahawks. The Phillies cut 80 from their workforce in both their Philadelphia and Florida operations. That's not a good sign moving forward. If they can't spend money on people, how are you going to spend money on players? It's December. What are we getting the NHL and the NBA back? We got no game scheduled. Something's got to happen there. And if the start of college basketball is any indication, uh, it's not a good start. And yes, Chet, the Nittany Lions <laughs> rolled into the big house. <laughs> and much to tonight's guest dismay, rolled Michigan for their first win of the season. Well, first of all, Bill, let's not get too excited about a winless Penn State team beating a two-win <laughs> Michigan team. Yikes. Uh, NBA training camps are open, although they have a lot of limitations due to COVID regulations. The regular season actually tips off in less than three weeks, believe it or not. And, oh, yeah, the Eagles are still playing, still losing and still incredibly within a half game of first place, only in the NFC East, only in 2020. And by the way, even though this has been a long, often horrible year, it's still hard to believe that it's December already. I mean, Thanksgiving was weird. Didn't even have turkey in our house for the first time ever. And I know Christmas and New Year's are going to be unlike any other as well, I'm sure. Yeah, well, and, you know, I, I can't wait for 2020 to get out the door, uh, for sure. And you, of course, you're coming off of a rough week uh, since we saw you last Wednesday with your dad stuff. Hopefully that all went OK for the situation it is, obviously. Uh, but it's good to get our feet back on the ground. And unfortunately, uh, we got to talk about the Eagles and talk about going to Green Bay this week. And how do we end up with our special guest, Mark Eckel, on the week the Eagles are going to get dismantled by the Packers? Timing is everything, speaking of Mr. Eckel. And speaking of weird, I was watching Sunday Night Football here on a Wednesday afternoon. Again, it's 2020. Yeah, well, with that, it's always fun when we have Mark with us. And uh, tonight will be no different with uh, the Philly and Penn State sports teams playing the way they are. We have plenty to talk about. So, Mark, welcome back. And, uh, oh, hey, that's a great opening you guys have. I never actually saw the opening before. I've heard it. Thank you. That's pretty sharp. Yeah, pretty cool, hey? You guys put that together yourself, or do you have like, somebody professionally do it for you? No, my son did it. Okay. And Chet, Chet yeah, I did the audio, bit. and then uh, his son added uh, all the video stuff, so it worked out real good. Very impressive. I'm very impressed. Nice. Thank you. Cool. Well, Mr. Eckel. You uh, one, and it wasn't quite as, you know. Like, <laughs> hey, first of all, congrats on your recent uh, nuptials. I, I always like that word, nuptials. We'll what talk that about mean? that later. And let's talk Wait, right now. How many times have I done this show? Now, Ken? Uh, this is 14. Well, this is the first time I've done it as a married man. That's true. That is yeah. true. Yeah. Is Mark still the leader in the clubhouse? Uh, no, I believe both Kevin Riley and Ray Dinger are, are at 15 and 16, Ooh. one or the other. Well, they're, so. they're still around. So that... Yeah. Two good guys, though. Um, 
let's talk about this bizarre football season, Mark. And let's get right to the quarterback. I believe on your two previous visits with us, you said about the Eagles, Carson Wentz is the least of their problems. Well, that may have been true the last couple of times you were here, but he's just not the same Carson Wentz anymore. You probably don't get to see every Eagles game, but what is your view on Wentz and his issues this season? Well, I did see the other night because there was yeah. Monday Night Football, and he was bad. Um, although here's something that, and I, I have seen him a couple times, and I've seen the same thing both times. He starts off, looks like the worst quarterback in the league. I mean, and his numbers bear him out as being the worst quarterback. Like, but, but then all of a sudden, like either at the end of the half, at the end of the half, that was a nice drive against Seattle. Took him down. They scored. He missed the extra point, but but they score. Then at the end of the game, it's like panic time, and he. So I don't. It's. It seems like he's better when. He's not being maybe the plays aren't being called and he's just kind of drawing him up, drawing him up in the dirt, which is maybe a telling sign of more that, that is not just him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think when they go to the up up tempo, he's certainly yeah. better. He's certainly right. better. Yeah. When they hilly, you know, willy nilly, and he's just kind of running around making plays, he looks pretty good. I mean, and the hell Mary aside, but I mean, he's done some things, and I. I I know the world, the Philadelphia world is is ready to, you know, everybody's down on Carson Wentz and this and that. And again, I'm not there. If I was there, I may feel the same way. There's still talent there. The talent didn't didn't disappear. I don't like the fact that, you know, he every year they give him a new a new offensive coordinator, a new coaching staff. That's not good for any quarterback. And this year, I don't know what the heck they did. I mean, 31 teams in the league have an offensive coordinator. Right. The Eagles, for some reason, decided, no, no, we're we're smart. See, we're smarter than everybody else. We're going to bring in like eight different offensive coaches, give them all fancy titles, and nobody knows what the hell they're doing. Right. I mean, who's the, I mean, what, what made them think that was going to work? Well, you know, Mark, I thought in watching that Monday night game and, and with uh, the two analysts, I thought they, you know, they super analyzed every play, I think, probably more than any game you ever watched, maybe yeah. to a detriment. But anyway – how many times did they show no receivers open? And it was all it was all night long. And Wentz has to take sacks, or he's going to throw that ball in trouble, or he's going to throw it in the, in the sidelines. Uh, there's no no windows open. And then on the Goddard play, Goddard ran his hook into the defender instead of away from the defender. And Wentz looks like the the village idiot because he threw to a wide open defensive back when the tight end turned the wrong way. Yeah. So I mean. Listen, I, I'm not I'm not going to come out here and say everything's fine with Carson Wentz. No, part of it is a lot of it is him. He's not he's not doing some, and he sometimes you do have to throw the ball away. Throwing it throwing it to the sideline is better than taking a nine yard loss, you know, or throwing an interception. I mean, he does lead the league in fumbles. He leads the league in interceptions. He leads the league in getting sacked. That's they're not good numbers. That's not what you want to lead the league in. So yes, part of it, a lot of it is on him. But I think. There are circumstances beyond his control that have that have gotten him to this point. I was asked the other day, um, "Has I have I ever seen a player regress in this short of time the way Carson Wentz has?" And I thought about it. And I'm like, "No, not in not in the fifth year of his career. I've seen old guy. I've seen w- Willie Mays, who I think is the greatest baseball player of all time. You know, play for the New York Mets and look like you know a minor leaguer. I saw Steve Carlton, one of the great pitchers of our time." at the end of his career in Minnesota looked like a guy I want to bat against him, yeah. you know? Um, but a guy in his fifth year shouldn't look like this. But I also responded by saying, I haven't seen a coach regress as much as Doug Peterson has. 
in three years either. He's not, he's not the same guy that, that coached the Eagles to a Super Bowl three years ago. He's in I agree, yeah. Taking a lot of weird gambles and play calling has been a mess. How do you not kick the field goal the other night? Oh, ridiculous. <laughs> Unless you made no sense. Had six and a half. Right. I think that game was fixed. I really, and I'm, I'm not a conspiracy guy. That game was fixed. Well, did you see the guy who made a $500,000 bet and he would have won, you know, 454000 with that the win and then the Eagles get the Hail Mary touchdown and the two-point conversion? He's what, out what? a half million dollars. Yeah, I didn't bet that much, but... Okay. <laughs> Mark, I went, I went back and I checked out your last visit with us from uh, April, right before the draft, and right. you told us your top three receivers were C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy, and yes, Jalen Rager. And you actually recommended the Eagles take Rager at 21, which they did right before Justin Jefferson went to the Vikings. You liked Rager, but he's been pretty average so far. Do you still think he's going to pan out? Yes. I mean, I recommend him to the Eagles now. And I'm not an Eagle fan, remember? So I, oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you what I thought the Eagles would do. And I was right. I'm a reporter. I'm not a scout. I'm a reporter. Um, but I know Rieger's going to – listen, he was hurt early. Look up – now, Who, in my opinion, Mike Quick's the greatest Eagle receiver of all time. Harold Carmichael right there, you know, going way back, Tommy McDonald, but I don't remember. Mike Quick's great. Look up Mike Quick's rookie year. Didn't do much. Yeah. If if we were doing these kind of things back in whatever year that was, we'd probably say, oh, this Quick guy, I don't know. Yeah, Rieger. same with Carmichael. Carmichael didn't do much either. Okay, yeah, I didn't – okay, so there you go. Yeah. I'm not I'm I'm not one to ever discuss a rookie, you know, if a rookie's doing great, I'll say, hey, he's doing great, good for him. Uh but and some of them pay, tail off after. Reggie Brown had a great rookie year. People thought he was going to be the next superstar, and two years later he was out of football, I think. So Reggie Brown, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I don't want to judge, I don't like judging draft classes until they're at least their third year to see where they really are. But to answer your question, yeah, I think Rieger, is he going to be an all-pro every year? I can't say that, but I think he'll be a he'll be a good wide receiver. Well, Mark, I always believe that uh, the game is still won in the trenches as an old offensive line coach. Uh, you know, when the Eagles won a Super Bowl, they went through an entire season basically with the same healthy offensive line. They haven't had that since. And uh, they, what did they say the other night? Uh, Ten starting offensive, different yeah. offensive combinations. In eleven games, yeah. In, in eleven games, um, you know, I, I don't see how you're going to win with that. Then, then take the wide receiver situation. Zach Ertz being hurt, um, you know, I, I, and I'm with you on Doug, but I, I just don't know how you win when you're shuffling offensive linemen all over the place, and and the ones you have are now old. Right, and well, the way you win is if with a you know, you you try to win every game, thirteen to ten, but it, it's hard to do that in in the NFL today when everything is catered to the offense. And let's be honest, Eagles the Eagles defense I thought played very well the other night. Yeah, now, obviously they haven't been that good every week, but um, that's I mean, to answer your question, how do they win? That's how you try to win. You you know you you hold the other team down and hope or or call some turnovers, get the ball. I mean, that's the other thing. The Eagles I don't know what their plus minus is, but I'm sure it's a it's a big minus, right? Plus minus and turnovers. Yeah, it's definitely they, they turn over way more than they cause turnovers. No, they only have they only have three takeaways, I believe. Right. Well, I mean, Wentz, Wentz has way more than that in fumbles. Exactly. <laughs> that's and that's that and that's to me that's how you lose games. I mean, if you look it up, I would say it's probably like I think I saw a stat on that. It's like eighty some percent 
the team with the least amount of turnovers in the game wins the game. Hey, Mark, as the ESPN crew pointed out Monday night, the Eagles drafts since 2013 have produced exactly one Pro Bowl player, Carson Wentz. Now, I know Chip was in charge for a year or two, but what does that say about Howie Roseman as a talent evaluator? He's terrible. <laughs> I mean, that was amazing watching that game. And, you know, Lewis Riddick, Howie fired Lewis Riddick. Yeah, I know. There's part of that. I mean, I'm not, listen, I loved it. I loved hearing Howie get, get tortured. But <laughs> there is some that, and not only did Howie fire Lewis Riddick, he he got he got Lewis Riddick on ESPN not on purpose he didn't do him a favor but he kind of badmouthed from, from from what I've been told he badmouthed Lewis Riddick all around the league for huh. whatever that's how how he is he's just a bad person on top of being a bad GM he really he he ruined Lewis Riddick's NFL scouting career it's why he's never gotten back in, into the into the league he's he, you know good for him he's doing a good job on on ESPN he's probably making more money doing that but. Um, so I think Lewis was waiting for this. I think he was, <laughs> Lewis was like, okay, I finally get a chance to get even here a little bit. You know, it's funny. I didn't know any of that. Uh, but I was going to say to you, did it sound – because I wasn't thrilled with the broadcasters as it was in this game. But it almost seemed to me like Riddick was was politic for the GM job, I thought, during, <laughs> during the show. It was, well, I don't know. It was kind of crazy. He was more getting – I, I think it was more of, I'm going to get this guy. It, it took me all these years, but I'm I'm going to get him. Wow. wow. Well, Mark, uh, I'm going to show the standings here in just a second. And I want to mention the Birds are no longer in first place. Their next three contests are road games in Green Bay and Arizona, sandwiched around a home game against the Saints. That is a tough stretch. Can they win any of those next three games? They can, sure. I mean, any game's winnable. Um, I would think the Saints at home without Drew Brees is probably their best chance. Um, although the Saints always beat them, so that's not a. Yeah. Although it's usually in New Orleans for whatever reason, um, but you know what? And I, I said this a month ago, and nothing's happened that's going to change my mind. It hasn't changed my mind yet. Five wins. If the Eagles lose the next three, they'll be underdogs in all three, right? So they'll be sure. so three ten and one. But then they beat the what is it? The Cowboys and, and then Washington. Yes. And go five ten and one. That might be good enough. Yeah, and if they steal one, if they steal one of those games, the Arizona or the Saints game, I think. Yeah, I mean, but even at that, they're going to sneak in. If they go six nine and one, they're in. Yeah, you're probably right. I'm serious. I mean, it's sad to say, but everybody's putting the Giants in, right? Oh, the Giants go. Look at the Giants. Have you seen the Giants' schedule? And they got a hurt quarterback now. So, well, even without, even if he was healthy, they have Arizona. They're not beating them. They have, well, they have Seattle in Seattle. They're not winning that game. Nope. And I believe they have Arizona, Cleveland, and Baltimore. They're not winning any of those games. Hmm. Right? They have the Cowboys the last game. So I don't see them getting more than five. Right. Washington has I don't I'm telling you, five is gonna five wins will win that division. I'm not saying Eagles will get the five. They still have to win two to get to five, but five is gonna win the division. That's yeah. terrible. That's hey, I'm gonna step in and say no. No. What did you think? Uh, you mentioned about the defense playing pretty well. I thought they did too, but it, at the end of the day, Darius Slay got torched, um, you know, and, and he took full blame, credit, whatever, for the torching. Uh, pretty good scheme by Jim Schwartz, and the defensive front played real well. Uh, they just couldn't stop Metcalf, and uh, that kind of ended up being the undoing. It's funny. I saw Schwartz's um, comments today. and he, I guess he talks to the media on Wednesdays. And um, mm-hmm. he said, 
and I, I kind of, it was interesting. He said, you know, I guess they asked why he didn't give help. You know, he could have given help to Slay after a couple of plays, right? And he said, no, Slay, Slay wanted to be by himself, and I wanted him to because there's so many other things. I, I, they contained Russell Wilson pretty much. He didn't run on him a lot, a couple times, but he didn't kill him. Um, and he was also concerned with Lockett. You know, Metcalf had the great game Monday night, but Lockett is their leading wide receiver. So his game plan was kind of like, all right, let's hope Metcalf doesn't kill us. Let's try to, you know, give him his, but let's stop everybody. It's like a bad, he, he compared it to basketball when you played the Bulls and Michael Jordan. You know, let Jordan, Jordan's going to get his no matter what we do. So don't, don't let him go crazy but let's stop Pippen and everybody else. Right. Well, it almost worked. I mean. Hey, hey, Mark, I had to ask you, is Wilson his last name? I, I thought it was Russ. I thought <laughs> Steve Levy just thought it was Russ out there. Come on. I didn't, I didn't even know he had a last name. He was a, he was awful Monday night, too. Hey, they're better than what they had last, with Booger McFarland and the other one. <laughs> yeah, that is true. That is true. Hey, Mark, you're writing for the Packers these days uh, from, from your beach chair in South Carolina. We know. Don't rub it in. Uh, and by the way, happy 37th birthday to Aaron Rodgers today. But how good are the Packers this year? Their offense is very good. I write for – I can give a little, little plug here. Right? I, I write for Packer Report 66 which is now part of the 24-7. But funny story, when I was a little kid, it, it was called Ray Nitschke's Packer re- Report. And living in New Jersey as a Packer fan, you didn't get a lot of Packer information. And they, were, they weren't very good when I was growing up. I mean, as, when I was real little, they were, that was Lombardi. In it, but I mean, I'm talking when I was a little older. I, used to get, I actually got that. It was a newspaper type thing then in the mail. And so it's kind of weird that now as an old man, I'm I'm actually working for them. And, and it's a bunch of young kids that do a great job. They really do. All, they're all, they're all like in their thirties or like maybe four, maybe forty. I don't know. Um, but they they work hard, and like they brought me aboard to be the old man, I guess, to give them like I don't know a, a, a historical perspective. But well, you I qualify do, as an old man, yeah. I do. I'm not as old as you, but I'm old. <laughs> um, so no, back back to the Packers. There. So I watch every game because I write the instant analysis after the game. Offense is very good. Rodgers is having, you said it's his birthday today. He's having an MVP type season. I think Patrick Mahomes is the MVP, but I mean, Rodgers is in the conversation. He's, you know, he's playing as well as he ever has. Um, Devontae Adams is one of the top wide receivers in the league. Aaron Jones is a good running back. Uh, Their offensive line, they've had a lot of changes on the offensive line, but they've had some, they've had some nice little young guys that step in. One of them, John Runyon Jr., who's going to make his first start ironically, against a team that he grew up watching, uh, hanging around the locker room with, right? That's not that. Um, he's on, he's six-round draft pick out of Michigan. He's had to come in three different times this year when somebody got, got hurt. He's played really well. I mean, he, he has good genes, obviously, and uh, he's a guard, not a tackle like his dad, but, he, but he's doing a good job. So good offensive line, good receiver. Uh, their tight end, Robert Tanyan, not a, not a big name, but he's, had, he's having a pretty good year for me. I think he has seven touchdowns. So it's a good offense, real good offense. Eagles, the Eagles defense is going to have their hands full. Defensively, they're up and down. I mean, they've had games where you look, hey, that's pretty good. They, 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 they got after the, they have a decent pass rush. But when the pass rush doesn't get there, they have two good corners outside. But you can beat them over the middle. The Eagles, what the Eagles do well, the few things they do well are the things the Packers don't handle well. Tight ends. 
tight ends have hurt the Packers, and Eagles have hmm. two two good ones, and the third one isn't isn't too bad either. Richard Rodgers, former Packer, um, and if you want to run the ball, and the Eagles for some reason don't seem to like to run, but you can run on the Packers. I mean, you saw it last year in the championship game that San Francisco ran for like almost three hundred yards against them. Um, one to one game they they lost this year to the Vikings in an upset. Uh, Dalvin Cook killed him. Um, the Colts, the Colts ran on him. So, I mean, that's how you beat the Packers. Cause when you run on them, you also keep their offense off the field, obviously. So that's the recipe is run the ball, run it well, win the time of p- possession, you know, don't, again, like I said before, don't turn the ball over because the Packers don't turn it over either much. The one, the only game they, they turned it over four times against the Colts and that's why they lost. And that's basically, and the defense didn't do their end either, but so it's a good, I mean, they're eight and three. They're the second best team in the NFC, right? By, by record. And they beat the Saints head to head. So all they have to do is get even with the Saints and they'll be number one seed. So no, they're, it's a good team. Well coached. I love Matt LaFleur. I think he's doing a great job. Well, hey, Mark, before we run out of time, I know we're going to do fast five because uh, we have to, but, but uh, one thing I wanted to, did want to ask you one final question I had for you as a lifelong Packer fan, uh, they lost Paul Horning yeah. uh, just a couple weeks ago now. And, uh, there aren't many of those Lombardi guys left, uh, just a handful. It's uh, it's kind of the end of an era for those fellas. They lost Horning, uh, was it two weeks after they, they lost one of my favorite people, not just players. I, I knew him as a kid. I mean, I loved him as a kid, and then I, I actually got to, I got to meet him as Herb Adderley, Philadelphia guy. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that was within, what, two weeks of each other, I think, and a couple others passed away earlier this this year. And I think the only ones left are I'm not, Jerry Kramer, Boyd Dowler, maybe? Boyd Dowler and Carol Dale, I think both, right? Carol Dale, both. Is he alive as well? I think so, yeah. There might be one more. Yeah. Dave Robinson, Jersey guy. Da- oh, yeah, Dave Robinson. That's not many. I mean, well, they're, hey, listen, we're getting old, and they were, and they were playing when I was a little kid, so they're yeah. all right. Right. Exactly. All right, Chet, let's do the Fast Five before we run out of time, because I know you're both fired up about this. I am ready for Fast Five. All right, well, this is kind of uh, starting to the Fast Five. Mark, I know you love to bash Penn State, my alma mater. In fact, I wore this uh, to start our show a couple of weeks ago. Oh, it's my uh, – You could wear that. Yeah, the Penn State Eagles <laughs> sad season bag over the head thing because they're both having an awful season. So, go ahead. Take 20 seconds and bash Penn State. Have at it. No, I mean, I'm, you know, they have a real good coach. I hope they keep Franklin for another 20 years or so. Listen, <laughs> I, didn't, I don't want to turn this into a dour thing, but – I was never a Penn State fan. When when you knew me back in the day, I didn't I didn't dislike Penn State. I didn't like the whole cover up. I just didn't. I can't get by that. I can't I can't put up with that. Pedophilia is something I really think is the worst thing in the, in the world. Sandusky should should be should be not in jail. He should be murdered. And the fact that they covered it up and turned their heads, I can't root for that school. I just can't. Okay, all right, yeah. that's enough. All right, let's get to some fun. I got right. you. The, the real fast five now. Um, who will be the Eagles' starting quarterback? Let's say week eight of the twenty twenty one season. Carson Wentz. I'll go on the limb. Still Carson Wentz. All right. There are five weeks in the regular season left. What is the most likely matchup for Super Bowl fifty five? Green Bay Pittsburgh. Uh huh. Yeah, you're kind of biased, but okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> number three. Oh, Pittsburgh. I'm not. Oh, Mark, you. You got married a couple of months back. Uh, month, congrats. Month. Is your bride, Tammy, a sports fan or not? Oh, not at all. Not at all. It's funny. I, all right, since he had, this might be not a fast five, but when when we first started dating, she said, 
um, I have to tell you something. I, I really don't follow sports. And I said, that's fine. I don't, I don't need my girlfriend or, you know, to be a sports fan. I don't, I talk enough sports as it is. I don't want to talk sports with you. Then it was the NCAA basketball tournament. So I guess it was when they actually had an NCAA basketball tournament a couple of years ago and Virginia's playing Purdue. It was a really good game. I think it went overtime and she comes over as I'm watching the game. And it's like, it's, it's like in overtime at this point. And I said, listen, you know, we'll watch a movie. Like, I just want to watch it. Oh, no, don't worry about it. Watch the game. She sits down on the couch and she starts watching the game and she, and she starts making comments during the game. Like, but intelligent, like, something like, I'm like, wait a minute. I thought you said you didn't know sports. She said, I know you're not supposed to do that. And then, <laughs> and then I'm like, and then she made another comment. I'm like, wait a second. And she's like, I said, I don't, I don't know. Look, I don't know anybody on this team. I don't know who's supposed to win. I know sports. I don't follow sports. So she knows the games because she had her, her son played and stuff. And so, yeah, she knows sports, but she, doesn't, she couldn't tell you who the Eagles quarterback is or who the coach of the Cowboys are, you know, and stuff like that. Although she does like NASCAR a little bit. Uh, okay. down here you, you kind of have to yeah i understand number four mark it is december the holidays are fast approaching what would the best gift be for a philadelphia sports fan <laughs> um reciting jt ramada but that's not gonna happen right so um would be a nice gift that would be the gift that'd be a real nice gift from an eagle fan um jeffrey Lurie cleaning house I kind of agree, actually. All right. Finally, how do you feel about Christmas music, Mark? And do you have a favorite holiday tune? Ooh. I like Christmas music, but not not now. Not yet. It's December. Uh, okay, you're right. It is December. Now you can. It is December. <laughs> yeah. But they start playing it like, in Hall like at Halloween. Right. That's too soon. My favorite. White Christmas is Bing Crosby, White, White Christmas. Yeah. Or Elvis, anything but Elvis. Yours is probably right? Santa Claus coming to town. <laughs> that, that is a high, high yeah. on the list, of course. Yeah. Top 10 for sure. All right, Mark, you survived another Fast Five. Thanks, buddy. Oh, by the way, uh -oh. you got your book here. Uh, I have your book oh, here. You the Big 50. Okay. Still available somewhere. Still selling on Amazon, right? Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, it's available. I checked. All right, good. All right. There might be All more. Right. All right, Mark. Well, hey, thanks for coming by. Appreciate it. Enjoy the uh, Myrtle Beach sun, whatever you're getting down there. I know you're not getting cold like we are. It's still warmer than it is up there, I'm sure. Always. <laughs> All right, Mark. Thanks. Thanks for coming by again. Thanks, Mark. All right, Ted. If you're looking for all insurance in the tri-state area, we've got the spot for you. All-state insurance at Westchester, PA. Yes, indeed, Bill. One of the best benefits of having an all-state insurance policy is getting a local agent like Dave Lavoie, who is dedicated to you. Building that personal relationship means you can work with someone who knows you and understands your family's needs, someone you can call when you have questions or need help. Dave is dedicated to protecting what is most important to you and your family. Call Dave today at Allstate in Westchester, Pennsylvania. The number is 610-430-0700. Once again, 610 430 Oh, seven hundred. Hi, football fans. This is Merrill Reese, and you're listening to Bill and Chet on Philly Press Box Radio. It's good. Well, you oh, know, man. Chet. Yes. You know. You know um, I keep wanting to hear a, have a follow up to it's good, but we haven't had too much good in Philadelphia sports. So we talked about the Eagles. Now we're going to unfortunately have to talk about the Phillies. Eighty 
staffers between Florida and Philadelphia let go, along with the cuts that they already made. Spring training is just a couple months away. Um, it makes me wonder if spring training is even going to happen, or do they know something that, that the rest of us don't know yet? How do you clean house, basically, when you've got a season just two and a half months away? Yeah, well, first of all, I hated seeing the news of those cutbacks. These are people not making millions of dollars like the ball players. They're just people trying to make ends meet. So that's unfortunate. As far as spring training, I mean, obviously, these next couple of months are going to be crucial, not just to baseball, but to sports in general and you know, heck, to life as we know it in general. People will have to take the virus very seriously. We'll see the number of cases level off, we hope, and you know, then start to come down. Otherwise, um, it could put a damper on spring training and the start of the season, just like last year in March. You know, they're probably going to see how it's going in February as the camps are supposed to open. And then March, as the games get underway, the spring training games, uh, hopefully that will be the case because, boy, I, I don't want to go through another summer like last year where there's no baseball in April, May and June. Yeah. And, and you know, it kind of makes you feel like that's the way it's going. Um I don't know. One thing I do know, Chet, is tonight uh, at by eight o'clock, like in the next 30 minutes is the deadline uh, for making club offers tenders to guys. Okay. So the Phillies have Zach Eflin, David Hale, Hector Neres, Vince Velasquez, Reese Hoskins, and Andrew Knapp all do tenders by eight o'clock tonight or they're free agents. Well, Andrew Knapp got one. I saw that Andrew Knapp did get one, and he will okay. be back in 2021. Then I saw an unconfirmed one about Velasquez from a iffy source. So we'll see about Vinny V, whether he's going to come back or not. The other ones, yeah, still we don't know. Yeah, and, and I actually, you know, rumors are rumors and internet. You know, we saw that whole last week with Jalen Hurts. Uh, you can't believe anything much you see on the internet unless you or I write it. But <laughs> of course, but, you know, but I did see uh, somebody put up a possible, and it was a screenshot off of a show. Um, Snell from the Tampa Bay for a bunch of Phillies and Hoskins being one of them. Um, it was a, it was a pretty, it was manpower wise. It was a lopsided. It's four Phillies for, for Snell. Um, who knows what's going to happen here, but they got to, they got until just uh, eight o'clock to make these moves. Yeah, and I saw Gene Segura's name mentioned a lot today as a potential trade candidate. He he can't stay in one place more than two years, it seems. So I don't know if he's just a bad guy or what, but yeah, Segura may be on the trading block again. Going to be an interesting couple of weeks and months with uh, the Phillies and the whole JT thing, see what happens there. I'm not optimistic. No, no, they're not going to sign JT. No. And, and I, I think the the thing, we, we actually talked about this, uh, was it last week or the week before, you know, what are other teams doing? And I can tell you, uh, without saying his name, but my friend who is in the traveling party for a Major League Baseball team um, on the staff has been furloughed and was furloughed uh, quite some time ago. So it was either take a 25% pay cut or go home. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's not just the Phillies doing this. It's all the clubs are doing it. I, don't, I, you know, I haven't seen anything about 80 staffers getting cut. But, you know, other than these few loose cannons like we're going to see with the Mets now, um, I think the money's going to be a lot tighter. So so maybe Real Muto doesn't get that deal somewhere else that he's looking for, but I got to think he is. Yeah, I think so too because he is considered the best catcher in baseball and every team needs a, a good backstop. So uh, we'll see. Probably yep. won't be Philadelphia. 
Well, and talking about craziness and, and getting things started, um, let's talk about the NHL. We have no NHL. We have no NBA. Um, cancellations in college basketball for their season kickoff. Uh, the NHL doesn't even have a schedule. I, I, don't, I don't even know what they're doing. And I saw two preseason games scheduled for the Sixers, but no regular season games scheduled, uh, at least on their website. Uh, what's happening with that? Yeah, I don't know anything about the NHL. The only thing we've seen with the NHL recently is the the retro uniforms that all the teams are putting out. Uh, the NBA, though, is starting for sure on December 22nd. Yeah, I didn't see the Sixers' specific schedule, but they are supposedly opening their season on Tuesday, the 22nd, after those two exhibition games. And then uh, who knows? But, uh, yeah, I think they are going to play 36 home games, 36 road games in the regular season. And uh, we'll find out more about all of that in the next couple of weeks, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, it's bad about uh, Temple and St. Joe's both pausing their December sports schedules for a couple of weeks amid the uh, you know COVID concerns. Some more football games being canceled um, college-wise. And then the whole Ravens thing messing up the schedule. And thank God they got that game in today so they can do the tree lighting tonight, Bill. Yeah, well, it's important. It's probably, and you know, it's funny that, that you mentioned that because I was going to mention it when we had Fred, but I'll go ahead and say that. I, you know, I wonder, you know, there, there's so much to be cynical about here in 2020, I guess. But, uh, you know, has, has the NFL lost a little bit of clout to, to lose to the Christmas tree lighting? Uh, you know, I, I'm serious. I mean, yeah, I mean, the NFL was king. And is it still king? The ratings are down. Is it still king? That's a good question. Uh, I guess the whole Wednesday thing came into play. And I mean, NBC had this scheduled for, you know, months and months and months, the tree lighting, it, it does well. And so once that uh, Raven Steelers game got shifted like four times, I guess NBC just said, uh-uh, we're lighting that tree, damn it. That's so. right. That's right. Well, hey, let's go ahead. Let's get our man Fred on because my next question before we get to fantasy football with Fred, I got something else to talk to both of you about. Gotta play the music. Let's There he is, Freddie. Welcome back. Edge of Philly Sports, Freddie Burns. We're going to talk guys? fantasy football. We're going to talk Eagles. We're going to we talk Joe Burrow going down last week. We're talking Daniel Jones going down this week. We got sicknesses. We got everything going on. <laughs> yes, we do. And we have Carson. Uh, and, hey, the first thing I want to ask both of you and uh, – on this scheduling deal, and it goes back to the to the Steelers Ravens situation. Um, you know, I certainly have no problem with Dallas losing. I'm, I'm per- perfectly fine with that. But what do you think about the schedule pushes that now put Lamar Jackson back in play for a Tuesday night football against the Cowboys? When if it were Monday night football, he was ineligible. He was still in protocol on Monday. He becomes eligible Tuesday morning. They now play the Cowboys on Tuesday night. I'm not. I'm not happy about that. And just as football as a whole, I, I, I think it's a bit of a. It, they're sliding the schedule to their convenience, and I got problems with that. I I think they are. I don't know if it's to their convenience or they're just trying to get it in so that they don't have to put a week 18 in the schedule. Um, you know it. To, they could have let it be Monday night and then Lamar doesn't play, but then at the same time, they want to be fair to the Ravens and let him play 
I, it's a tough call, a tough, tough thing to do. How, how do you make the right decision? I personally think in the beginning of the year, they should have allotted for this, had a week 18, 19 already in place, and then just already had that set, push the Super Bowl back. I know that might cost some money, but you know, then you have an extra week there to, to play with. Yeah, I agree. And uh, then you have the Denver Broncos situation where they didn't even have a quarterback to play on Sunday. Nobody thought about moving their game, you know, a few days beyond Sunday. So they end up getting screwed. Not that they were going to the playoffs or anything anyway, but that just doesn't seem fair that they make all these exceptions and accommodations for the the Ravens and Steelers. But Denver says, and eh, no, just play with uh, some wide receiver at quarterback. Go ahead. Was it the Denver due to their own I don't know this for a fact, so I'm, I don't want to get into the whole COVID thing, but wasn't it due to them violating the protocols, multiple players? So they were more like, yo, come on, guys, get a hold of your team. That That's your punishment. You got where, where, where the Ravens had, they couldn't even field a roster at all. Well, they, you're right. The quarterback room is supposedly where this happened, and one guy tested positive. The other guys were not positive, but they were contact traced, mm-hmm. so they put them out. Now, as the story supposedly goes, is the NFL really wanted Denver to forfeit. And John Elway said, we're not forfeiting. Then they don't get paid. Well, I don't know if they'd have got paid or not. but That's that's they, the rule. You, the contract-wise, now maybe they would have made an accommodation, but the players wouldn't have got paid. Yeah, no well, way well, they were doing if, that. If Denver forfeits, then Denver looks foolish, right? If, yes. if they put out this product that was garbage, then the NFL looks foolish. So to me, it's checkmate John Elway. He he won that deal by going, they took their lumps, and it's bad for the players that are out there playing hard when really the, the deck was slanted. They, they had no chance to win that game with a wide receiver. A, a practice squad wide receiver didn't even know the offense playing quarterback. Yeah, they didn't they want to have their quarterback's coach signed to the roster by Tuesday and have him play? I guess he's he's young enough to play. Well, he was he's a QC coach, so he's a young guy. Okay. Uh, and and I don't know if the guy could play. I don't even know who he is. But what they said is he knew the offense better than anybody else that they had available. So let him play. Because the wide receiver didn't know the offense. So, yeah, yeah I, it, it's just a mess to me. And, and I, I feel like the NFL is involved. You know, it, it just is a bad look. It almost looks like they're slanting the schedule. You know, they, they canceled the game early in the year because Cam Newton was out. It wasn't the whole team that was out. It was Cam Newton who had COVID or whatever his deal was, and, and they moved the game for the Patriots because of one guy. So I, I just I have a problem with the whole thing, and I, I just I just don't like it. Anyway, let's get on to fantasy football, Fred. Uh, tell us what's going on. Quarterbacks, quarterbacks, quarterbacks. Well, if you don't have your roster now, you're, you're, you're SOL because this either you're going into the playoffs this week or uh, this week, or you're either you're going to the playoffs this week, or this is the final week to get into the playoffs. So you have a quick waiver wire wise, there's no one to grab, but you just got to find guys you think you can find. If there's injuries, you got to find the right matchup. So you might go grab Taysom Hill. Now, he's not the, the greatest quarterback in the world as far as the throw guy, but he does run for, he's run for two touchdowns back to back weeks. He gets about 1,500 to 80 yards a game. He's someone you might look into. One thing I would say, advice-wise, across the board, is go identify players starting running backs and pick up their backup. So if you see Dalvin Cook, who's a guy that sometimes get hurt, go grab Alexander Madison 
and get him on a roster just in case. So you have a number one guy ready to rock if he goes down. Alvin Kamara, go get Latavius Murray. Even furthermore with Alvin Kamara, you see the difference with Drew Brees out of the game. It's a t- he, had, he has had one reception in two weeks. Previous to that, his 50% of his fantasy points are based off the receptions. So he's, a, he's not the back that you drafted. And if you saw last week, they, they made Latavius Murray more of a bell, bell cow because that's what he is. I, don't, I forget, 120 yards rushing, two touchdowns. That, that's another concern. Wide receiver-wise, Brandon Ayuk's a guy that may be on your waiver wire. He just came off injured reserve. He was averaging about, you know, 15 to 20 points, you know, I think five out of seven weeks, something like that. So he's a guy you might be able to grab. Uh, Kiki Kute, for whatever reason, is is high on the waiver wire board. I don't, I, I guess, grab him just in case. Devontae Parker's a guy I would look into starting more. He had a great week last week. Fitzpatrick's the starting quarterback. He loves, right now he is anyway, monitor that. He loves Devontae Parker, so th- make sure you, you can grab him. And then tight end-wise, they like to shuffle it around in Indianapolis, but Trey Burton had a great game. Frank Wright, maybe he uh, rides the hot hand, so he's another guy you can grab there. Maybe Logan Thomas from the Washington Redskins as well. I'm going to make one addition. I'm taking Zach Ertz because if he plays, he's going to get 20 targets. Good call. Zach Ertz, he's actually on my uh, injured reserve that I can pull him up. Most people wouldn't have cut Zach Ertz, but if you have an injured reserve spot on your roster, but yeah, he's a guy that may be on the waiver wire in leagues that don't have an injured reserve. Yeah, and he is expected to play now, they said today. So good to have Zach Ertz coming back. And you think Carson needs him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. He needs needs a lot. (laughs) Yeah, He needs one guy to get open to spread the field for him a little bit, I think. All right, let's get to some predictions. Uh, First, Well, we had a game today, which was one of our picks. Uh, How'd it go this week, Chet, and uh, where where are the standings? Well, once again, Fred and I had just one different pick. Once again, it was Fred taking the Eagles to get back on track, and me going with Logic and picking their opponent, the Seahawks, in this particular case. So I gained another game on Fred. I was a perfect 4-0, thanks to the Steelers winning today. Fred, because he took the Eagles, was 3-1. And uh, I have now moved into a tie for first place with Fred. I think I was back four games at one point, but uh, made some ground up the last few weeks. We are both now 32 and 17. And by the way, Bill, you also thought the Eagles were going to prevail Monday night. You are now one and seven in the eight games that you officially made picks for this year. I just thought I'd mention that. Well, that's okay. I don't watch them. <laughs> All right. So let's get going with this week's predictions, okay? Giants without Daniel Jones visit Seattle. As of last night when I put this together, there was no line yet on that game, probably because of the quarterback situation. Dallas visits the Ravens. That's all the way out till next Tuesday. Like we said, no line on that one either. Uh, Washington visits Pittsburgh on Monday night or Monday evening. Monday evening, not Monday night. Steelers minus 10. And the Eagles go to Lambeau. Packers minus 9. So, Fred... Who you like, Giants at Seattle without Daniel Jones? Yeah, I, I bet on the Giants, and then they didn't cover last week because Daniel Jones left the game. It was looking great. I, I Colt McCoy, he had some games where he got hot for the Redskins, but there's no way I can take the Giants. I'm going the other way. They're going to – they're. Sorry. Yeah, guys. that should be an easy one. Seattle all the way. I mean, they're gearing up for the playoffs, and uh, without Daniel Jones, the Giants have no shot whatsoever. So Seahawks win easily. All right. Dallas visit the Ravens, uh, like we said, all the way up till next Tuesday, RG, or not RG3. Uh, Lamar Jackson should be 
playing in that game the best we know. So uh, the Ravens will be back at full strength there. If Lamar Jackson plays, I'm a hundred, obviously the Ravens, there's no doubt, but I, I know we can't have a caveat, but I just want to say if the other quarterback plays, I don't know if it's going to be McSorley who ended up coming in today because Robert Griffith, the third wasn't playing too well. That quarterback play on both sides was atrocious and Dallas probably will win the game if Lamar Jackson isn't there, but so I'm taking your... Ravens. Okay. Well, I originally wrote down Baltimore just because they're obviously the better team fighting for a playoff spot. But then I thought, you know what? I switched it to Dallas because I think Baltimore expended a lot today in the game with Pittsburgh. And uh, I just have this hunch that the freaking Cowboys are going to knock off Baltimore in Baltimore next week. So I took Dallas. Wow. Interesting. All right. Uh, well, and, and the thing you got to remember on that, Chet, it's almost like going from a Monday night to a Sunday night. It's the same amount of rest. It's Wednesday night to Tuesday. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's not that's not going to be that big a deal. But anyway, uh, the football team goes to Pittsburgh to play the Steelers. Steelers minus 10. Steelers are on a roll. Yeah, it's tough to pick against the Steelers. Even if you had a hunch, I think the Redskins defense might be able to cause some havoc, especially if Pouncey's out again um but i'm going steelers yep uh you have to uh i think steelers win easily and very likely cover as well they're going to be undefeated for another week yep eagles packers minus nine fred i know that you can't go eagles this week <laughs> yeah aaron aaron Rodgers. Yeah, there's just no way. And you know what? I would even consider it if like they didn't go into Lambeau and win last year, but like to go back to back years and win again, there's just no no shot. Packers. All right. Zach Ertz okay. coming back. Wait a second. I didn't make my official pick. Zach oh, Ertz coming right. back. The Eagles are going to still lose. I have the Packers winning easily 34 to 13. Mark it down. Wow. Yeah. Sorry. Non-competitive, huh? All Open right. Line. Well, uh, I have, we have time for one more question, so I'm going to throw it out there to both of you guys. Uh, back to the Eagles game. I always had this coach thing going on, you know. When, wonder, wonder what – I have my ideas, but wonder what Doug Peterson was thinking on first and five, second and five, and third and five, throwing three five-yard passes incomplete. The two of them got dropped. Um uh, there was just no offensive creativity whatsoever in those plays. Well, do you think he was just trying to get the linemen to get their feet underneath them, a guy to run a route and just throw an easy pass and make something happen? I don't know. Cause it's not even just that it, it's a lot of, I think he's grasping at straws here. He tries to set plays up. He runs plays to set up other plays in future quarters even, and none of the plays are working. So everything he set would probably be setting up for a future play isn't there. But to run those plays even short of the sticks, I mean, what does that do? That, 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 if we complete it and it's third and, and or fourth and one, that no one's feeling good about themselves for their one-yard out route. So I, I don't and, know what's going on. And throwing it to Alshon Jeffrey, Chet. <laughs> Look, I, I don't know what Doug's doing this year with his play calling. Um, yeah, it's not all his fault. I mean, the drops, two of them by Miles Sanders the other night, certainly hurt. But uh, his play calling has left something to be desired. You know how I feel about Alshon. Alshon shouldn't be on the field. He's not going to be here next year for sure. Let Fulgham get more experience in case, you know, he is going to be one of the key guys next year. Um, 
You know, I, I'm still thinking, by the way, if Doug and the Eagles lose out, that Peterson will get fired. If they win only one more game, I think Peterson gets fired. So mark that down too, guys. Well, you're wrong on that. But anyway, uh, I, I one other thing, and, and there is no explanation, so I'll just throw it out there. And I, I don't believe what the report, the broadcasters were saying that they, he didn't believe the offense could get down the field again to score. That that makes no sense to me. Why you would not kick that field goal is just beyond me. I got nothing for it. Uh, but I'm not believing it was because he thought that his offense couldn't get down the field again. That I'm not buying that. I think he just makes bonehead decisions based on analytics. He's not aware of the game a lot of times. I think he's stuck in that play sheet. And when things are going good, it's great. And I'll even go back to the Pittsburgh game. You're the head coach. You should be aware of what's going on in the defensive side of the field too. And when you saw Nate Jerry lined up on Claypool, he should have been on that. He should have called timeout and stopped that. I watched McVay do it for the Rams, run down the sidelines, call timeout. I, I really I, – I'm not a fire dog guy. I, I do – get annoyed at some things, but I think the roster he has been given has a lot to do with that, but he's got to give it up and just even for himself to just take a step back, watch a game from a different perspective and maybe like, see like, Oh, okay. Carson did miss that guy. That's wide open. It wasn't the line or, Oh man, Peter should never come on the field ever again. <laughs> well, I'm a fire Doug and fire Howie guy. All of a sudden now, just in the last couple of weeks, I'm over it. I don't think they can, right the ship as it currently is. So I want them both gone unless they miraculously turn it around over the next few weeks. Well, and you know, funny Chad, if, if that actually did happen, that Elaine Vigneault and Joe Girardi would be the uh, <laughs> leaders in the Philadelphia managerial clubhouse <laughs> with two one years. season yeah, yeah, one going into their season. second season. So go <laughs> figure that. All right, yeah. Fred. Hey, oh, hold on, hold on. Not, not to hold up any more time. I'm sorry, but I have to ask you if they do win a few games and get in, isn't that the problem that they just skate into the playoffs on these bad records and then they justify that and they come yeah. into the next season? You know, it's like even if they do make it to the playoffs, I still think Howie has to go. Hey, before we go, Fred, go ahead and let the listeners know, uh, viewers know how they can follow all your activities and what's going on. Uh, you Sorry, I'm messaging Chet that he muted himself so he knew. Um, so you can find me on uh, Freddie Burns on Facebook. And then on Instagram and Twitter at Fred Hugo underscore. And as always on EOPsports.com, my articles on the Eagles fantasy and betting, as well as tonight, 930 PM on our edge of Philly show on Facebook. All right. I was sabotaged by the way. Somebody muted me. I don't know who did it. <laughs> now you sound like you're in a tunnel. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I don't either. All right, Fred. Well, thanks for coming by and uh, good luck on your show tonight. And we'll talk to you next week. See you guys. Go birds. Thanks, All right. Okay, Chet, let's give a shout out to our partners over at the Edge of Philly Sports Network. Their shows, you can check them all out. Uh, the Broad Street Bully Podcast, Drew, Jeff, and Doyle talk of Flyers Hockey, Bird's IQ every Monday night, 7 p.m. with Kyle and Eric Quinn talking Eagles, Edge of Philly Sports Live, which Fred just mentioned with him and Big Al and Joe, cover four by four, and so much more of Philly Sports Live Wednesday night, 9.30 p.m. You can check out all their shows at www.eopsports.com. Help us out by hitting those subscribe, follow, and like buttons. And as always, share 
with your family and friends. What a good-looking bunch of guys, Jen. And speaking of good-looking guys, how about these guys, too? The Patterson Avenue Fanatics, Bill. They are uh, coming back and joining the gang here. It's our buddy Tom Kelly and his crew. Patterson Avenue Fanatics joins the Edge of Philly Sports Network officially real soon. In fact, they debut this weekend. If I'm not mistaken, it is uh, Saturday the 5th. They're going to do a show on Saturday night. Okay. All right. Good luck. Patterson Avenue Fanatics. Check them out. Sounds good. Sounds good. Hey, Chet, great guest again tonight. And Mark Eckle, he's always fun and uh, always knowledgeable, too, even though he's a little detached with retirement and marriage, but he's all over it. So, Freddie Burns, of course, Edge of Philly Sports is here. Always great. Who's coming to Philly Press Box Radio next week? Well, Bill, in addition to Freddie Burns joining us, as you said, we have a first-timer joining us, Barney Shocker in Green Bay. He'll be here to talk about yet another Eagles loss, unfortunately, and what to expect over the final quarter of the season. He covers the birds, Bill, for the birds. He is this guy that we're putting up on the screen, Dave Spadaro, the Eagles insider himself. We are looking forward to having Dave join us for the first time. He is an optimistic guy all the time when it comes to the Eagles. So he's got his work cut out for him this season for sure. Oh, well, Dave, Dave does good work. And, you know, he he certainly does root for the Eagles. He's a fan of the Eagles. He writes for the Eagles. But uh, he's a knowledgeable guy, and uh, he'll be a great guest. Looking forward to that. Yeah, I met him uh, several years ago. Seems like a good guy. Never – it was about a year into us doing the show, and I didn't think to ask him. I was a little intimidated, I guess. Uh, wasn't quite as uh, outgoing as I am now about confronting <laughs> guests, potential guests. But we managed to connect through a mutual friend, and uh, Dave's going to join us next week. Can't wait. Sounds great. All right, let's take a quick break again. Thank our friends at the PPCC 118 Raz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page so people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They continue to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. They have 11 line resins, mystery boxes, and now a memorabilia shop, especially at Christmas time. Check out their Facebook page, like them or follow them. It's PPCC 118 Razroom and PPCC 118 Razroom Shop on Facebook. All right, Mr. Chesco, parting shot for you tonight, sir. Well, let's see. Just some odds and ends, Bill. Um, Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. had an actual fight the other night. Well, it was an eight-round exhibition that saw the two 50-something former greats battle to a draw. I didn't see it. Some people said it was fun, but I didn't care enough to buy it. Some recent birthdays, in addition to Aaron Rodgers turning 37 today, the legendary Vin Scully hit 93 last week. Now, what a broadcaster. I miss hearing his voice. I hope he's enjoying retirement. Greg Bulwazinski and Bob Hound Kelly both turned 70 last week. Bill, how is that possible? And uh, Bette Midler, 75 the other day. I always like Bette. And, Bill, I know you're a fan. Britney Spears is 39 today. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, I, I, I will sleep better knowing that. Yes. Now, on, on a more serious note, though, Bill, uh, as many of our viewers and listeners are aware, the Chesco family said goodbye to my dad last week. The funeral was Saturday. I just want to, again, thank the hundreds of people who reached out to my sisters and me to offer their condolences and kind words in this difficult time. We're going to miss him, but uh, seeing and hearing all the great comments truly did mean a lot. So thanks, everybody. And thanks again, Dad.
Absolutely. Great, uh, great stuff. What, what can you say? No, no more words for all that. For sure. Hey, one other thing I wanted to say about Vin Scully and, uh, and yeah. his 93rd birthday. I posted this the other day, and I thought it was really cool. It's worth mentioning that that he called games. I had to pull it back up so I, I could read it right. Yeah. He called games involving Connie Mack, who was born in 1862, and Julio Urias, who was born in 1996. That is How amazing. incredible is that? Yeah, because Connie Mack, of course, managed the old Philadelphia Athletics, I guess it was, for many, yep. many, many, many years. Yep. That's it. Anything else before we put a wrap to this? Uh, Penn State Rutgers this weekend, Bill. Who you got? Oh, Penn State. Do you think they're actually going to win? I know they're favorite. Yeah, yeah I think they're, they'll win. Uh, Rutgers still is no good. Uh, and they played Michigan the week before and gave up 40-some points to Michigan. Uh, they scored 40-some points against Michigan. Yeah, uh, and, and Rutgers actually should have won that game. I, I watched yeah. them in that game, um, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with the Nittany Lions. And how about they playing what their fifth fifth string tailback, fourth string, fifth string tailback, true yeah. freshman, and he runs for a buck and a half. Goes back that offensive line, Chad. If you can block, you can win. Exactly. Well, let's go Nittany Lions. Hope they can uh, win a second straight, and make us all a little happier. There you go. Well, let's wrap it up. Let's thank tonight's special guests, Mark Eckel, Freddie Burns, our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC 118 Raz Room, and Dave LaVoy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester. For Jim Chechesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show and will join us next Wednesday, December 9th at 7 p.m. You can listen to us or watch us live on Facebook. Or listen through our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blogtalkradio.com, slash phillypressboxradio, on Google Podcasts, as well as Apple Podcasts and others. With that, Chad, high hopes, Philadelphia sports fans, and we're going to say, go Birds!